Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. With me, as always, Kristen Studdard. That is me. Hi, Kristen. Hi. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good. I just got cut off in the middle of a reminisce, but I'm feeling all right. Well, we needed to really get going on this podcast, yeah. I felt. So okay. my apologies. Uh, we have a great guest with us here today. Uh, he was a form. He's a former music journalist, but a current TV producer uh, in and around the music industry. Sometimes uh, was on behind the music for a long time. Also, a great uh, series called Ultimate Albums. Uh, here he is, Greg Heller. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Hello, Greg. It's Greg. so great for me to be here in the belly of the Rock Hall Beast. I am a super fan. Oh my god! I am a super fan. Pot of the pot. Thank you. Super fan. And. He brought notes. I have notes. So there are notes here. This is how you know that Joe is going to be really fielding this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. No doubt. Uh, and we should note we've had a guest on before named Greg Geller. <laughs> wow. So we're going through it alphabetically. That's interesting. My high school graduating class had a Heller, Keller, Feller, and Zeller. No. Wow. Yeah. Not all Gregs, though. Not, not all Gregs. Gregs no, few. but just not, pointing it out. That's hashtag not all Gregs. Not all Gregs. <laughs> Uh, well, you you've listened Next to this we'll podcast. Next, we'll have Greg Eller. Is yes, that with an I? It's not. <laughs> it's going to be weird. It's going to be hard to find. Right. It's going to be a hard booking, but that's going to have to be what it is. <laughs> and then Greg Jeller. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's going to get rough quick. Okay. But with Sorry, the Geller and Heller, talk about something that means something. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you've listened to the podcast so many times. At, at the very least, you're coming in with that base knowledge of right. the institution of the Rock Hall. But and, like uh, having listened to it that many times, I just want to make sure we are presently recording. Yes. The first 30 <laughs> minutes of the show will be documented and you got it, right? Uh-huh. The little thing is moving it's when I talk. Yeah. Okay. Although I will I will tell you that uh, often I'm looking at it recording and then it just goes away. Right. <laughs> you know, I can't quite uh, explain it and I shouldn't have to. Me, okay. I'm so grateful to not be the show's audio engineer anymore. Those were stressful months of my life and but I'm glad to have left them behind. To your credit, if I feel like uh, the the real accident started happening when I took over. It's <laughs> 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 really when, when shit took a turn uh but like like i had said kind of in your in your intro uh you have been in and around the music industry so i i'm sure you had an awareness at the very least of the rock and roll hall of fame yes of course yeah very deep awareness of the rock hall of fame uh in, in what capacity well i mean i know the way it works i know all about it i know the history of it i am uh not a fan of it mm-hmm. um i tend to think of myself as anti-rockist if you know the term, like, have you ever heard people yeah. say rockism? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I can imagine what that means. Whereas, like, I'm not much to sort of celebrate history in that way. Okay. And I find myself very tired of nostalgia. Okay. As someone who, I did work at Rolling Stone for a long time, and I just got, like, earfuls of nostalgia at all times. At Um, Rolling Stone? At the Rolling Stone. So I'm very (laughs) suspect of anything that has a premise of nostalgia. Sure. Um, I'm always the person who, like... Every time someone tells me about a doc, I'm like, do I need to fucking hear the story of how punk started again? Do I need to hear yeah. the story of like, oh, I get it. They're at a party. There was two turntables. The birth of hip hop. I know it. Ozzy yeah. bit a bat. <laughs> Zepp. I just like know all this shit and I'm sick of it. Especially because it, it there are certain stories that we really glom onto that we like to retell. Right. It's fun when we can get a story that is undertold. Right. You and know? there are very few of them. Yeah, right. I, I think you're I right. I mean, there's billions of them, but very few of the undertold yeah. ones are told. Yes, right. for, for whatever reason. Um, so I have fairly strong opinions about it, but I accept it as existing, which means that I bitch about what it has and hasn't done. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what were you doing at Rolling Stone? Were you I was writing? A I was a, mostly for them, I was a news writer. If you ever read Random Notes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was a Random Notes guy. And every now and then I would write little features. I was always a news. Rolling Stone, when I was there... Um, almost everyone worked for digital. And okay. then when a story was big, it would just get pushed into the magazine. So your whole thing was you'd call a publicist or a manager and say, it's for digital, but if it's big enough, it goes into the magazine or uh-huh. whatever, which happened once every 10 or 12 stories. But I got to go out and do cool random note stuff. I saw Mick Jagger play a private show at the El Rey once. Oh, Ooh, wow. And I got to interview him afterwards. Um, so I, I did a lot of new stuff, a lot of new stuff. Cool. And mm-hmm. then when you were working at VH1, was didn't they they showed that uh, the Rock Hall used to be on VH1? Yeah, right? the 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 was induction ceremonies crossover? used right. to be uh, broadcast on VH1. Right, yeah, for years. that was all um, East Coast news stuff. I had nothing to do with it. I just like behind the music was really a silo at VH1. It had n- almost nothing to do with anything else at the network. Yeah. Oh, network. really? And it was almost left alone in fact the reason i ended up quitting is because it stopped being left alone and it stopped being fun oh wow um but it was so successful and it was such a juggernaut yeah and it was like a caligula like no one told us what to do everybody was drunk everybody was fucking like <laughs> Jesus. the budgets were huge yeah. people were like you the gig was you'd fly somewhere where you were doing your main interview like they'd fly you to london mm-hmm. and say you're interviewing george michael in this five thousand dollar a night suite that we rented basically to shoot in, but it's cheaper for you to stay there. So just stay there. <laughs> and that's what you do. Wow. So it was really, it yeah. was very wow. decadent. Really Bacchanalian. Fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, is that a, a, a real story? That's a real story. That, yeah. If you want to hear it, yeah. is they flew me there for eight days to interview him. Mm-hmm. And he canceled every single day. <gasps> every day he canceled. Wow. And every day he canceled at like 9.30 in the morning. His manager would call and say, we're not going to do it. So I just partied every day and record shopped. I went to like a secret Franz Ferdinand show and the trip cost like $50,000. And then we got home and they were like, we're not going to do a behind the music with George Michael. And then he just called and was like, I'll pay for everything that happened in London. I'll be in LA in two weeks and we can do it then. Oh my wow. god! That's what happened. So you got like a free trip to London. I got London, a free trip to and London. And then you also still got the interview. And I got to spend two days with George Michael. So oftentimes was that you asking the questions that they were answering to? In the ones that I produced, yeah. It was With the principal interviews, it was always me. That's so it neat. It was cool. Um, How many I, did you produce? I produced five and I think six Ultimate Albums or something like that. Okay. And then I was a writer on probably eight or nine more. Okay, which do you have like uh, in the back pocket? Which ones you produced? No, 
or um, which ones stick out? I mean, obviously George Michael. TLC sticks out. Oh my god! And George Michael. Those two really stick out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ultimate album on Back in Black, because I got to sit in a hotel room for four days and ACDC played Back in Black just for me. Holy shit. Like sitting in a chair and they were on the other side of the room and there were 10 people in the room and they paid, played Back in Black. Oh my God. That's something like, I did cool shit as a writer. I flew on U2's plane once. Like I did cool stuff. <laughs> the Bono Express. experience with ACDC was one of the few moments and I am not like, I have no like star fucking thing about me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, Meeting Alex Chilton was like the highlight of my oh, life. That's, yeah, that's but, um, cool. That moment with ACDC, I was like, oh, this is this is something. I'm going to talk about this for a long time. Yeah. That is and so cool. George Michael was also, that was a really interesting experience because the interview was really intimate and really long. Mm-hmm. Those two really stick out to me. That's so cool. It was cool. Was the TLC behind the music before or after it was, Lisa? They did two. They did one when she was alive and they did one after she died. Oh. Um, and the after she died one, they're both great. But I, well, I mean, the one that I did on five, <laughs> think is good. Um, a little biased. But I, it was very emotional too, because I like went to Georgia for a while and I was with her family and sitting around like eating dinner with them, listening to them talk about their daughter who had just died. It was really, oh, wow. really challenging. Mm-hmm. But and in, the, in the end, really rewarding. That's so, that's so wild. I just think of like the VH1 kind of programming from that era was so... I don't know. It, it kind of mainstreamed kind of music docs in a way. Yeah. I, and did what we were talking about, which was t- told stories that had not been told. Yeah, it did. We used to, there used to, the big argument there used to be, will people watch a behind the music with a fabulous story about a band they don't know very much about? Mm-hmm. Turns yeah. out the answer is kind of huh? not, not <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes it happens. There's, there's a behind the music on Alan Freed. Wow. I DJ. truly Cleveland, do not know who that Cleveland is. Cleveland DJ who kind of coined the term rock and roll. And it's, oh. a, it's an amazing behind the music. Nobody watched it. I mean, I think the the highest rated behind the musics of all time are Metallica and Shania Twain and Motley Crue. Okay. Just the mutt. I think are the three <laughs> highest rated ones. <laughs> the mutt gang. Um, you know, what were, we, were we saying something about mutt? Yeah, yeah. mutt Was mutt at oh. the ACDC? No, I was going to say he refused to do it. And... He's done like two on-camera interviews in his life, and I think one was on a gardening show in the UK because he's really into gardening. But what? We made what? we made contact <laughs> with him. Also, he wasn't in Def Leppard's Pyromania Ultimate Albums either. That's also weird. And in both Dare instances, I say, the he just sent. <laughs> thank you. Please, thank you. He just sent a really nice letter and was like, "Best of luck. Thank you for contacting me. I'm not going to be on camera. Have a great day." Hmm. All right. Like, Interesting. I'm yeah. curious what He's was... very hermit. You know that about him, right? He is extremely hermited. I guess I didn't know that. Like, if you no. look him up online, there's probably four existing photographs of him. They're with Shania, I would yeah. guess. Um, I don't, I'm not even sure any of them are with Shania, and he's done almost no on-camera interviews ever in his life. Hmm. Dang. Mutt. He's um, got to save the sauce. Very hermited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, but he can dislike him immensely, I can oh. tell you that. Well, they don't dislike him. Did they only do the one album with him? They only did the one album with him. I wouldn't say they dislike him, but they were definitely critical of some things he did after Back in Black. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that could be about. Uh, Speaking of rockism. So when you were at Rolling Stone, were you in New York? No, I was here. You were out here. I was out here. You were yeah. in LA. Okay. So it was a lot of like, 
hey, Greg, this record is coming out in two months. Can you ask the guitar player three questions? Or can you go have lunch with this guy? They're in the studio. Like, System of a Down wants you to come listen to their record. Okay. You'd like sit in the studio with them and they'd play it for you and you'd write a preview of it. And come take it. some random notes. A lot of random <laughs> note stuff. A lot of <laughs> random notes. Sure. Okay, I was curious because that's where the New York office is where the... Uh... Where the meeting happens. Yeah, that's where the that's HQ where is. It, I've been there. I went there the, a handful. Mm-hmm. I've been to meetings there and all yeah. that. Um, but I've never worked full time. You in never the bit the hoagie. <laughs> Easy. Uh, so I can't be stopped. No, it's it's really the the joke. I put that in quotes. That won't die. Nope. Uh, so, uh, had you seen an induction ceremony before? In person. Uh, either or. I oh, mean, I've like, seen like the, the majority of them on television. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never been to one of them in person. It's really expensive, right? Yeah, I mean, unless you're willing to sit up top, baby. Right, right, right. Unless I always you thought don't it was a thousand bucks a table. It's the, uh, it's ten thousand if you want to sit up at the table. Why though? What happens? You're close, and you're you, you rubbing elbows, elbows with, with the daughters with of. of... I, just, I have no desire to do any of that. None. You you don't want to sit kitty corner from Cheryl Crow? You're not I looking do not. to Cheryl Crow. Find out what she smells like. Rough behind the music with Cheryl Crow. Really? Um, yeah, she's she's picky. Okay. Is she? She's particular. She's finicky. Um yeah. I do have a some favorite rock and hall rock moments, rock hall moments. Okay. Oh yeah. Um I know you talk about the Prince thing a yeah, lot, the so Prince, I won't bring it yeah. up. Of course. That, I mean, that's just like that just like goes without saying. That's like the mm-hmm. ultimate that's number yeah, one. Rock so hall. here are my two other favorites. One is Carrie Underwood. Tribute yes. to Linda Ronstadt. Yes. Yeah, and yes. that's a favorite of ours. I, yes. I was aware that Carrie Underwood was a good singer, mm-hmm. was a talented person, but that she well, I watched the performance spellbound the out of the water. Was she like, is so this fucking is amazing, miraculous, right? Because you know, going in, she's like technically good. Yeah, but then for her to actually fucking belt songs from one of the best singers that's ever walked the right. earth, and yeah. she's up there too with like with other Bonnie, fucking great. stars. Harris, that's what I'm saying, and she is. Blowing them yeah, away, and then, I mean, and I, I would never be like, I like Carrie Underwood more than I like Bonnie Raitt. That's not a, a sentence I would say. Right. But then you get into that moment, and I'm like, holy fuck, Carrie Underwood. When we watched that um, induction ceremony, when was that? What year was it that? Was 2014. 2014, because we watched like five. We spent so much time yeah. watching old induction ceremonies. Right. Uh, in, yeah, I've spent a lot of time listening to you watch oh old induction ceremonies. Oh, my God. Ceremonies <laughs> we've watched uh, that no one can find. So the Carrie Underwood thing, that's a known it's moment. So good, that's yeah. like an established it high sh- point. I feel like it should be more but known. But I don't think right. it's that known. I no. was taken by surprise. I mean, I knew that I was going to like the Nirvana tribute one. Like, that to me is a very iconic in some ways, too, mm-hmm. one. But, like, man... That that's a really thank you for reminding me. Of that how moment much I doesn't loved get it to do. Moment, yeah. Um, and Very I have true. an all-time favorite moment, Ooh. which is unquestionably Bono inducting Bob Marley. Okay. Which do you, are you familiar with this? When did this happen? Ninety-four. <laughs> it oh, is my goodness. The most like self-indulgent, arrogant, okay, like, like pseudo poetic. <laughs> Assholeish mm-hmm. moment in the history of the rock hall, which is uh, tough to do. It is yeah. unparalleled, and I've watched it in the same way that you would watch like Charlie bit my finger, <laughs> yeah. like hundreds of times. Because I keep going, is this real? Is this did this really happen? Like how it's so like messianic, and it's sort of like he's spouting that type of poetry that sounds great, but it's just bullshit. Yeah, there's nothing also, to it. Why is Bono inducting Bob why Marley? Why is Bono inducting Bob Marley? Because he can. And But he at the last 30 seconds of it, which Joe, <laughs> I hope you can drop into this episode. Uh, yeah, I will. I is, absolutely will. Like, he you, puts you, on a voice. 
Wait, what? Do you know what I'm talking about? When he starts listing the yes. things that he is? Yeah. yeah. Wait. man, Rita man, Jamaican. And he does yeah. this list that is so ridiculous. And then he kind of like mic drops himself at the end what? when he gets to Jamaican. He goes, human, Jamaican. And then he like backs up. As though everyone's going to like flip out. He wanted everything at the same time and was everything at the same time. Prophet, soul rebel, Rastaman, Herbsman, Wild Man, a natural mystic man, ladies man, island man, family man, Rita's man, soccer man, showman, shaman, human, Jamaican. It's like one of these moments that you look at him and you're like, oh, Bono's a f- is, he, is an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, he's an arrogant asshole. He thought he asshole. was crushing it. And it's really worth watching and it's worth sort of using as a means to pivot where you stand on Bono. Well, he, <laughs> really crystallized. My yeah. question of where I stand, you're making me think of where, I've never been asked where I stand on Bono, to be honest. And I mean, I think that Poor, not poor U2, but like U2 has been cursed by their own longevity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. one of those bands that like, good God, when their album got put on everybody's Apple device, mm-hmm. I mean, what it's a, like that common moment enemy. in pop star. In pop star mm-hmm. when, with, the, with the refrigerators. With the refrigerators that, uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, my God, you know, that, that then you go back and think about all the great, important music that they made and... And the things isn't they accomplished, he, which a lot of rock he, bands have not been able to do. Is he a good guy in some ways? So he's a good well, guy. He's a humanitarian. Like, he's a philanthropist. He's a humanitarian, but and also he like doesn't cheat on his wife. Does that, he? Yeah. I mean, that we know of. I, I guess. don't know why that's always. I guess that's the thing about Bon Jovi too. We're always yeah. like, he was, doesn't cheat on his wife. Well, that's like the thing I can like about Bon Jovi. But he's a I'm dick. Like, good for him. He doesn't cheat on his wife. If mm-hmm. you met him in person, you'd hate his guts. I would not be. Yeah. Trying, Are we talking I'm about Bono tra- or Bon Jovi or both? I'm talking about Bon Jovi. Have you met John Bon Jovi? Oh yeah. Um, Bono, I've met just like in a news context, which is like, Hey, answer a couple questions or whatever. Um, Mm. very briefly, but Bon Jovi's a jerk. I guess I I think Bono is kind of like, I think he's kind of a tool, but I also think of him as a good guy. I think but, that's probably true. I think he does. I mean, he's very performative in a lot of his charity, but I there do, you go. But I do believe he means it. Like I do believe it's not just about the optics. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and also they made two of the best records of all time. It's true. I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah easily. Yeah, you two is they're they're no joke. They're important, and Bono's great. But that is so stupid. <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like also. I guess I'm just like, did he request to induct them? I'm just like, oh, in I what universe does the line from Bob Marley go to you two? Right. Like what, no, what it goes came... through Chris Blackwell. Oh, there right? you go. Island Records. Yeah, it goes yeah. through oh, Chris Blackwell. Okay. Um, but were they friends? Like, what the fuck? No. I would be very surprised if they were friends. Yeah. There was almost no overlap. Yeah. That's what I mean. I am so, I'm so confused. Yeah. Is it I just mean, well, he's You like, think about it, like, it's 94. Bono's super, super famous. What uh, album was out at that time? Unforgettable Fire, right? Well, no, Un- no, it would have been post Octung Baby in '94. Oh, what year is is Octung Baby? '92, I think. And that and Marley's inducted the '94. Yeah, yeah. So it's way after. I, I was just thinking Unforgettable Fire because, like, writing a song about MLK like somehow <laughs> tangentially links you to Bob Marley. No, I know what you mean. It's, in some way, like oh. you become this like mouthpiece for like. Revolutionary. Yeah, I think that's okay, it as so well. Okay, so pride in the name of love is yeah. on that unforgettable shit. fire. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't you have, like just, it. You have to watch it. Everyone has to watch it. It's, yeah, and it's I, I, again, it, Jamaican. <laughs> You're not Schumann. Oh, Jamaican. Rita's man. And that's one of those. Oops, man. That's one of those clips that they throw into packages sometimes, like at the museum. Unironically. Oh, do they really? Like, yeah, that's how I know it. So they're not aware that it's dumb. I mean, they, they give it, an, uh, yeah, because, I mean, as you know, the way he's delivering it, and if you're just, like, walking around the the museum, and it's just, you're like, oh, yeah, that must be a moment, the way he's delivering it. <laughs> That's got to be, yeah, just from the vigor in his, uh, you know, performance I, alone. Yuck. Yeah, it's real yuck. Uh, let's talk about Slayer. Yeah, let's talk about oh Slayer. Oh, my God. And why uh, did you bring in Slayer? What does Slayer mean to you? Right. Um, I, first of all, I, I was going to say I stand, but I feel like I'm too old to say that. No, you can't. Well, you can said I? it already. Um, I stand very hard for Slayer for a number of reasons. One of which is that I just they have a handful of records I just love. Mm-hmm. I just spent a tremendous amount of money for tickets to the final Slayer show of all time. Wow. Are you um, sure? Will it really be the final Slayer show? Yeah, it will show really of... be the last one. I'm, I could say pretty confidently they'll never play again. Like they're going to die on stage. Unless, yeah. unless maybe they get yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, unless they get in, but one of them's already dead. Um... But is that going to be here what? in LA? Where's the final show? It's at the Forum. Okay. Yeah, they kind of teased off what their last show was going to be. Teased, uh, and then I just kept telling people their last show is going to be in LA, and it sold out in one second. And then they added a second night, which also sold out in one second. Were you? Are you a bot? How did you get a ticket? Did you use some? Uh, I had a fan club presale. Okay. Go. Um, we got a Slayer fan club member. Yeah, yeah the Slayer, Slayer fan, fan club. club called the Wehrmacht, Excuse which means me? war party. Good God. Also, um, that's terrifying. That really brings me, I don't know, that kind yeah, of... Yeah, if, if we're just... That, if that's just yeah, your first introduction yeah, to Nazi you, imagery yeah, involving I'm Slayer, like, I don't you got a lot coming. Good, you got a lot coming. Like that's just the tip to of me, yay old Nazi iceberg. Yikes. So are, are you a fan of Slayer back to like when you were like a teen? Yes. I'm a fan... I am one of those people who remembers the moment in their lives when they heard like 10 different records. Mm-hmm. And one of those was hearing Rain and Blood. And I was had Slayer the, part of the Satanic Panic of the eighties? No, it wasn't. No, Judas Priest was really the center. Okay, of the whole thing. although they certainly upset the parents' council they or did. whatever. Yeah, um, the PMRC. You're right. Yeah, but um, the, I'm one of those people who the first time they heard Rain and Blood, they just had that like, "What is this? Like, I don't What's understand happening? what this is. I like, I I know what Iron Maiden is, and I'm not a metalhead. Like. I, the first time I heard it, I was already infatuated with Husker Du or whatever, mm-hmm. or the replacements, and I, and I was like, I don't understand what this is. And there's very few times in your life you hear something and you're like, oh, something just got invented. Like, that yeah. doesn't... I, I can tell you like three times that's ever happened to me. Um, and even as a little kid, my brain was like, I don't know where to put this. I don't understand what this is. Um, and it left an immediate indelible impact on me. And I just started studying rain it and blood. It was the number of the beast. <laughs> it was. I just started studying rain and blood to try and like give it some context and figure out what it was. And then what ended up happening over time, in addition to just staying a fan for a certain period is, um, I realized like Slayer falls into a really small category that I have in my head of bands that, or musicians that are misunderstood because of what surrounds them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always been the person who's like, no, forget about Satan and forget about Joseph Mengele and the Holocaust and the album artwork and <laughs> yeah, listen. And forget about the, the war party. Forget about the Holocaust. <laughs> it is funny yeah. to say forget about the Holocaust. It is funny to say. It's, in any context. It's also, it's funny to forget it. Um, <laughs> but I, I have two other bands. I'm going to refer to my notes. The, the two other things for me that are like this are Rancid okay. and George Michael. 
an eclectic group. What um, and the reason that those three groups are tied together in my head is because those are three music entities that most people don't go, oh, those are musical geniuses. They go, mm-hmm. oh, Rancid, the Mohawk guys, with the, they look like they're homeless. And mm-hmm. George Michael, they Shaking go, his butt. oh, the showing his butt and the jacking off in the bathroom thing. Mm-hmm. And with Slayer, you go, oh, the Satan shit and their fans are crazy. But you have to peel back and go, actually, those are th- three genius musician musical it's groups. So int- I mean, Rancid. I haven't heard. I mean, I've been to many Rancid shows. I grew up like a ska kid, um, and I guess I'm just like, wow. I've never heard of someone be like Rancid. Their musical, ge- their genius. Like, I don't know. There's in terms of like quantity of perfect pop rock songs. I don't know that there's a better one than Outcome the Wolves. I don't know that a better record has been made with that many hooks on it ever. In fact, like of that whole generation of bands, that's for sure the best record. And I think the one people will listen to for 100 years. If you put it on right now, mm-hmm. you only know what, one song. Time Bomb? Time yeah. Bomb, yeah. Right. But if you really studied it, you would be like, this is incredible songwriting. It, what it is, is it's the born to run of <laughs> punk rock. Okay. That's what, that's We're going to have really to have you back for a Rancid episode. In fact, really? if Rancid had a few more records, I would say they should be in the rock hall, but they really just have one masterpiece okay um do you ever read the hard times oh yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah hard yeah. times did an article and the headline was something like we ranked all rancid records based on if they're outcome the wolves or not <laughs> um and i feel the same way about george michael listening to him talk and understanding his music you're like this dude wrote careless whisper when he was 17 yeah he's a genius mm-hmm. yeah but we don't contextualize him that way because of dumb shit that happened to him and Slayer is the same way. Can like, you spell Rain from Rain and Blood? Is it E-I-G-N? It sure the is. album okay. is that. Okay. And the song yeah. is Raining. So there, it's Whoa. both the album and the, and the, and so the, the song. The album is Rain, Rain in Blood like, and the song is Raining Blood. Oh, just Raining Blood. Raining Blood, blood which okay. they started to do at shows later. Oh, right. They would right. actually rain blood from oh, the rafters. My. So that's why I carry a torch for Slayer is because telling people you're into Slayer is sort of like telling them, oh, I'm into this like genre or I'm into this concept. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've always rejected people who like a specific type of music exclusively. Um, I find that to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I find that people who really love music don't think that way. Um, and to me, there's no difference between like kind of blue and rain and blood. Like they're the same. Controversial I don't, I don't really think it is, but very like... <laughs> It invented something. <clears throat> and I have this theory that some records have a like an X factor, an, an untangible thing happens when they're being made. Mm-hmm. I feel this way about Dark Side of the Moon. Like if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon, have you seen the doc where they're making it with Alan Parsons in the studio and all that? No, I've not. No. It's just four guys playing instruments and right. reading lyrics and writing. But something else happened when they were making it. Mm-hmm. Something that was in the ether, something about the context of time that you can't, understand yeah like they were a conduit for something else Mm -hmm. that was bigger than them yeah and that's what slayer were when they made rain and blood they were something else they were like they had absorbed hardcore how did you find them like how did they find you i had a friend a friend friend that i was just like musical geeky with and he came over to my house one day with a cassette of rain and blood and was like listen to this and was it I, around the time that it, it had come out it was right when it had come out yeah when did it come out 87 86 um and I knew right away that I was going to listen to it for the rest of my life. Like I, you just have that feeling that you're, that something is going to stick with you forever. A couple of records have done that. And that one did. 
Wow. So I think it's it's a much more than we give it credit for. Now, this friend, what kind of friend was this? Was this like, I'm just curious, you know what I mean? Like, I'm setting the scene, you know. His name was Ty. He was a guy that I surfed with who was really into metal. All right. Um, Yeah, I'm like, is Ty kind of a, like, what, is Ty a bad boy? Like, what's... He was kind of You know what I mean? Because, like, the kid who comes to your house and is like, put this on. Hey, look what I got. And then it just fucking, like, rocks your socks off. Did he have an older brother? No, he didn't. Um, Ironically... He was just so cool, just surfing, just being a cool Surfer he ended kid. up going into the army and being in the Gulf War. Wait, what? And a lot of Slayer songs are about being at war. Yeah. yeah. And he told me about like listening to like war ensemble when he was deployed. And like the Slayer, maybe that kind of like coded his brain to be like someday. It might have. I'm gonna get also, out there. There are a lot of people who think that Slayer was coding brains <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Like there was a, there was straight up a lawsuit. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that's right. So, I mean, it was part of a thing. Like they were someone really who was killed, accused of Satanism. Someone right? who was killed. The three people who killed the person were Slayer fans. Mm-hmm. So then the family of the victim attempted to sue Slayer, and it was the it did not go through. And the judge was like, "This is ridiculous." No. And the record "Rain and Blood" was dismissed wholeheartedly by their label. They were like, we're not putting out a song about Joseph Mengele. We're not doing this. There was a riot at the Palladium in LA. When Wait, it came out, who they- is Joseph Mengele? Is he he's a Nazi. famous Nazi? He is yeah. the guy at Auschwitz who like sewed people together. Oh, he's the scientist who did all the horrible human experiments. Yes. I was listening to And Slayer's to a podcast most iconic song is about him. Is it praising him? It is neither praising <laughs> no. nor dismissing him. It is simply like a like a study of what he did. It's called Angel of Death. I have heard of this. And I would say it's the most famous death or thrash metal song ever recorded. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And they uh, felt like, or at least they've said, maybe it's just in retrospect to cover their ass a little bit, like we didn't feel like we needed to say it was bad. Like, obviously. Like Jeff Hanneman, who was the guitar player who's now deceased, his father was in the war and was obsessed with Nazi imagery and they had like iron crosses and shit around their house. Not cool. Jeff always insisted he was not anti-Semitic, but he, just he was very into history. Nazi stuff. Yeah, he, he had, he was like a collector, right? right. And you, you can kind of trace some of the Slayer imagery to that with like the eagle. Yeah, of course. And, and you can trace all things. of it directly yeah. to that, yeah. Isn't their big thing a pentagram though, yes? Their big thing, Slayer's big thing is writing Slayer. Is right. the Slayer oh, yeah, the, logo. The, the, the logo. Slayer, yeah. yeah. Um, they which I have, have here in my notes, like cultural saturation wise, probably the most iconic written name in music. Can you think of another one? That looks like handwriting? Yeah. Yeah. Like mm. most people can make can the Slayer make, logo. Like we could make an approximation of yeah. the Slayer logo just like from cultural memory. Like the, the Jungian <laughs> collective unconscious has given us all the access to writing the we Slayer can. logo. And that says something about the band. <laughs> like, it does. Yeah, beautifully said. <laughs> I wrote it. I've written it on millions of things. You have carved it into many things. Yeah, if you've ever yeah. been in my office, there's always a Slayer written somewhere. It's sort of like that a nervous is, tick for me to write Slayer. Yeah, yeah. This is like my high school boyfriend. <laughs> Shout out Jeff Jacob. 
Jacob pierced his own ear in biology class with a safety pin. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Were you were you present for that? Hmm? Yeah. Was there a lot of blood? Uh, it was. Was it, was it raining blood? It, it was <laughs> from a lacerated ear. It was dribbling blood. He Good did God. pierce his own ear with a safety pin in biology class. My lord! But even even just like yelling Slayer is also like it's such a thing. A, an iconic. Wait, yelling Slayer? Oh yeah, it's like screaming the word. It's sort Slayer. of like that's like the Baba Wait, like Booey of metal. People? Wait, what? That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yelling Wait. fucking Slayer is a thing. Wait, just. In fact, there's a, there is, is another awesome? Hard Times headline, and the headline, I think, is just fucking Slayer. Right. Wait, a, that's just like when something is awesome or when something is happening. You know when you... <laughs> I don't know. If, have you ever seen Bruce Springsteen in concert? No. Have you, Joe? Uh, no, I've not. Well, when you see Bruce Springsteen for the first time, you're like, why is everyone saying boo? Why is everyone booing? And yeah. it's, they're saying and they're Bruce. saying Bruce. Uh-huh. And when you see Slayer for the first time, you're like, what is everyone... What is this chant? And the people are saying fucking Slayer or Slayer. But do like, they go, fucking Slayer? No, they go, fucking Slayer! Oh, just like whenever yeah, they want. At okay. any given time. Sort of like if you saw someone make a really good golf shot. Yeah. Remember, yeah. A golf shot? <laughs> like that the is one. the strangest time. Like, I would this, love for someone to yell fucking Slayer at the people PGA. People do. Yeah. They, yeah. Wait, really? Well, I I bet there I bet throughout the course of history there have been uh <laughs> unique Slayer. times where Slayer has been yelled and and unexpected times where fucking Slayer or just Slayer has been yelled. Joe. Yes. Have you personally no. ever employed the phrase fucking not. Slayer? <laughs> no. Joe. Mm-mm. Come on. No. Never no, ma'am. ever. No ma'am. Never ever. It's really uh I listen and, and I have been known to wear a black t-shirt or two <laughs> but it is a different type of person who is to, yelling to own a you do your you're trying this bad boy look out lately <laughs> you got a leather jacket and a beard long um, hair but it, it is slayer. definitely uh it, it's a certain type of person it is mm-hmm. a brian posein type person who is screaming slayer oh That's how there I we go kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, he's definitely screamed it <laughs> yeah 100 yes. probably on tv yeah probably right now uh, fucking Slayer. Fucking Slayer. We're- I love knowing that that's part of the cultural uh, lexicon. <laughs> In a sense. Greg, you know how this works. It's hard to be objective about these things, but I've put together a list of categories that if a band does well, I think they have a decent shot at induction. Uh, and we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to see how Slayer stacks up. I'm so excited to see what happens in the break. Fucking Slayer! Fucking Slayer. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. I hope that you discovered a natural deodorant that works for you. <laughs> and if the natural deodorant is not what's working, then just then, do then, artificial or whatever you yeah, call it. Just go it, back to the aluminum. Have some yeah. unnatural deodorant. Let yourself let yourself live, goddammit. All right, let's go through these categories with Slayer. Uh, so Slayer first became eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the 2009. Slayer has never shown up at a induction ceremony. They're not the type to be at the tables. They're um, not just hanging out. They do have two Grammys. That's true. And they have been to the Grammys. Was the Now, are there Grammys for metal performance? For yes, and they're much later in their career, and they're sort of like, like, excuse me, Grammys. Yeah, right. that's like kind of like they're making up for the fact that they never had given... The, or was there... There wasn't a metal category when they're... I don't know. Let's ask Ian Anderson. Right, of Jethro Tull, who won the first uh, (laughs) heavy metal. Oh, yeah, he won the first heavy metal (laughs) Grammy. Grammy. Yeah. God. Uh, Anyway. Classification is stupid. Mm -hmm. Slayer has been referenced, though, during a speech uh, when Dave Grohl was inducted in 2014 with Nirvana. 
He did thank his mom because uh, she let him listen to the music he wanted to do. And he was like, I was a kid who wanted to listen to fucking Slayer. Everyone really? Cheered. Everyone cheered. And yeah. Jeff Ament, I don't know which year it was, the year he showed up with the yeah. shirt with all of the bands that he thought mm-hmm. should be on it. Slayer was very prominent on that shirt as well. Yeah, the bass player for Pearl Jam had a uh, notorious a snub t-shirt. With all the snubs, with a bunch of snubs, some of them incorrect, some of them not eligible, on uh, his fucking was tuxedo t-shirt. Was it handwritten? <laughs> was it handwritten? No, no, no. Written? It was, and you can, you can buy it, I think. I think you can order one. It was printed. Joe, you know. why did, did you ordered one? Have you priced I, him out? I, Do you have an eBay wish list? Do you have a watch? <laughs> Do you have a price watch happening? I have philosophical disagreements with the shirt. Why? Uh, Tell me about the inaccuracy. Joe. What happened? Oh, it's What's just, on there? It's just because there's a lot of uh, artists on there that are not really snubs like what uh just give like me one fear or, or someone is on it. it it's just i mean to to fill the list and it's pretty rock purist too Ugh. so it's you know it doesn't have some legit snubs like whitney houston on there you know it's just a lot of inducted divas a lot of bands including tom waits is on there and he had been inducted six years prior Whoops. so not a snub oasis was on there they were not even eligible um i think maybe the worst thing though about it is chad channing the uh, the drummer who drummed on Bleach for Nirvana uh-huh. is on that shirt as though to say Nirvana should have included Chad Channing with them. Uh, a lot as of people felt that. As an inducted member. Except fucking Pearl Jam, you had two extremely important drummers who you left out, Dave Abraziz and Jack Irons. So this is truly a, a pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. You, you, isn't his last name Abruzese? Or is it is it pronounced Abruziz? I think so. But he ended up being like a meth head and kind of insane. Oh right? yeah, so his work on the albums yeah, doesn't matter, huh? So you're, you're DQ'd for being wow, a drug user. Huh? He, so <laughs> you're gonna disqualify yeah, a, yeah, that was bullshit, a musician right. rescind, for being rescind, a drug rescind. user. Um, wh- wh- oh, yeah. what was he also? Was he also? Did he also cheat on his <laughs> wife? Rescind, oh. rescind. Uh, he's, I think, the most most important. Pearl Jam drummer, and he was not included because he drummed on. He joined them right after Ten was released until Vitology, and then he was there through Vitology, not through Vitology. Until Versus and Vitology. He's on Vitology. No, he's fired after Versus, isn't he? No, he's in. He's on, he's Vitology, on Vitology, which like should be enough to include him. Yeah, yeah he should have been absolutely. Included. He should have been included. So that is wow, bold move. So if you're gonna fucking put Chad Channing on there, and mm. uh, yeah, I agree. Wow, I agree. strong. Anyway, agree. Honestly, so fuck legitimate, that yeah. legitimate complaints Truly fuck that from. <laughs> From the Hall's Legitist Fan, Joe Quazala. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the first category with Slayer. Critical acclaim. I don't think critics at the time knew what to do with metal, especially thrash metal and this type of metal. Would you agree? Yes. In fact, a, a quick story I will tell you is I had to interview Rick Rubin like 375,000 times in my life, mm-hmm. more like which is way more than I ever wanted to. But at one interview, we had like a one-hour hold with him, and I was just sitting there with him, and I was like, I'm going to ask Rick Rubin every question about Rain and Blood I've ever wanted to ask so someone. So Rick Rubin produced, produced Rain, Rain and Blood? Rick Rubin yeah. produced Rain and Blood. I did not know that. And I, the first thing I said to him is I was like, when Jeff and Carrie were in the studio recording their solos, and if you've never listened to it, like their solos at first blush almost are like acid jazz. Like, have you ever listened to Don Cherry or Ornette Coleman? I have not. Have you, uh, anyway, not you're listening to purpose. it. And you're like, what is? I don't. Know, what is happening here? What is this guy doing? Is this, he doing this on purpose? In the sense that it's like kind of all over the place. It feels like improvisational nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I asked Rick, like, how did you know what the solos were? And he was like, I didn't. They would go into the studio. 
They would solo for two minutes. They would come back into the booth. I would play it back and look at them and they would go that in there, out there, in there, out there. That's the solo. They had no idea. So not only did critics not know where to put them, even music producers didn't understand what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So critics, I think there's been a lot of revisionism and I think now it's really cool to say Slayer made three, two incredible records in one masterpiece. But at the time, I couldn't tell you what did critics at in context at, at the time i think it was there was acknowledgement of like this is new like <laughs> the, you know right right, right. but Your i father folds his paper yeah but takes <laughs> his reading glasses well, off well this is new right. uh, i think that was kind of the thought of like there's uh an appreciation but in the sense that the critics are not going to be like this is incredible the way they would with say a u2 record Right. You know, like, because they just don't exactly know what to or do with it. And it's not Metallica for them. a Metallica record. Yeah, that's yeah. also like, true. Metallica is a much more accessible metal. You much, know, much, people... much more accessible. And much of the big four, do you know the term the big four? Okay, you hold know? on. Can I guess who's in it? Yeah, go no, I'm going to not do You're going to get it wrong, but I'm excited for your guess. I'm not going to do well. Well, definitely Metallica. Mm-hmm. And then Slayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, who else? Is it Judas Priest? That is... No. That's, that's N-W-O-B-H-M. Part of... Not without... How can you not no know think way. at this point in the podcast you have to know that term? No new wave of British heavy metal. I do not know new I wave know of British heavy metal. Before. Maybe during the the maiden episode, right. but that was, year, that was a while ago. Okay, I yeah. was like so not without other. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's a separate category that that predates this, okay. which is like Judas um, Priest, Iron Maiden, Girl School, Saxon. Uh, okay, no. Um, then who else is in that time? That there was so the '80s, and we have the, the shirts, and we Very got good. the people. Boy, yeah, I, mean, I don't think you're gonna pull it. Should we take another break? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me see. Is there? Is there? A, these are pop. The other two people are popular. I yes, in the genre for sure. They're popular in the genre. Yes. they're like big popular. Yes, people. Yeah. Pantera. Pantera is close but wrong. Oh God damn it! One of the bands spun off from Metallica. If that helps you. Dave Mustaine. Oh, Dave Mustaine. Oh, um, m- oh, fucking why? M- m- no, a million no. deaths is a no, Megadeth. That's there correct. Megadeth, that's there right. And Megadeth. one of the other bands you would know because they played with Public Enemy. Oh, um, Anthrax. That is correct. Those okay. are the big four. Those, yeah. So Anthrax, the big I do four, feel that Pantera is. Are they circling to make it a pentagram? They're sort of adjacent, <laughs> but um, I would say Pantera exists more because of Slayer than yeah. as a cohort. But. Of those Megadeth, four, that's right. Slayer is unquestionably the darkest and most menacing and most unapproachable by a long shot. They also never had a single. They were Every attempt that was made to make one of their songs into a single, they said no to over and over. In fact, they had a song on the Dracula soundtrack, Bloodline, you know this song? No. That their label was like, and it should have been a hit. It's their most accessible hooky yeah. song. And they were like, we'll never release a single. That's not what we do. Wow. So of the four, they're the darkest and the most unapproachable i would say and thus and, the critics and, <laughs> and not in a way that right. like they were like ch- turning away from the critics and the critics weren't like oh ooh, playing coy they were just like all right bye yeah people knew them at that time because of the holocaust controversy that's really yeah. it. that was the most publicity they were getting unquestionably that was it yeah uh, so, in the mainstream press <laughs> are they anti-semitic what the hell's going on here two of them are latino um tom Araya, the singer is chilean Born in Chile, moved here I think when he was 
seven or eight mm. or something like that. Interesting. Okay. Where, where did where did they say the Nazis went uh, when they <laughs> <Yeah>. were hiding? <laughs> but he's like, I think his dad was like a fisherman or something. And Dave Lombardo, I'm going to say this wrong, but I think Dave Lombardo was, his family's Cuban, which doesn't mean you can't be yeah. anti-Semitic. But it certainly complicates it. It complicates it a tiny bit, yeah. yes. Uh, well, one of the ways we judge critical acclaim is if they've shown up on a Rolling Stone list, specifically the 500 greatest albums of all time. Do you guys think uh, Slayer? I makes can with. Oh no, because now I'm like, oh shit, no, I don't think they're on it. I don't think they're on it. You're gonna say no? Oh gosh. I know they're not on it. Yeah. But I would guess on Rolling Stone's list of the greatest metal records of all time, to which they have sequestered Slayer, it's number. Three. There's a metal records list. I mean, when you start to get into like the, I mean, so the, the 500 genre. albums list is like the big centerpiece, uh, kind of of the Rolling Stone list, and they do lists, you know, here and there, uh, for whatever. They gotta they keep do. all the boys happy. They gotta give out the little but list. But anytime there's a metal they gotta, list, they of, gotta make new Joes in the world. <laughs> they gotta release their little lists. You know, whether it's 50, brains. the top 50 metal artists, or 100 greatest metal records, or whatever. Uh, Slayer and Rain that and Blood are always up there. That also sounds like a VH1 yeah. series, like the 100 Greatest Metal Records. Oh, they've definitely done that before. Like, mm-hmm. they've sure. definitely VH1 that did 100 Greatest uh, Hard Rock Artists, uh, and Slayer is on there. But I think I would think Sabbath, Number of the Beast, uh, Master of Puppets, Master yeah. Rain of and Blood puppets, are the top yeah. four. Yeah. Right, right, right. Whatever, typically. Be my guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but they're not, I would guess, there's zero chance they're in the, the no, 500. They're definitely not on there. Yeah. Uh, but I would say Rain and Blood is a, you could call it a classic album. It does show up on lists, especially when it's this genre, it's towards the top. And then you had mentioned two other albums that you thought were incredible, with Rain and Blood being the masterpiece. Yeah, South of Heaven and like- Seasons in the Abyss. Okay. There's a period, it really begins with Hell and Hell Awaits, which is the record before Rain and Blood, and it carries up through probably through their live record, which is called Decade of Aggression, which I think is one of the like three or four best live records ever recorded, mm-hmm. um, where Slayer were really untouchable. But those three records, Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, and Seasons in the Abyss, that's like the triptych masterpiece. Yeah. What's the... What's the deal What's with the deal Slayer? With Slayer? <laughs> Literally, though, what is their deal? So they're like, they're mad... They're mad. <laughs> they're mad. They're well, angry. They're, uh, they're more. They gotta let it out. Dark and evil. They they're were guys who grew up listening to the Dead Kennedys and Black Flag mm-hmm. and Minor Threat. Okay. And Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and okay. Judas Priest. And yeah. somehow in the body of Jeff Hanneman and Kerry King, those things synthesized. And that's what became thrash metal. Thrash metal. And so are they, would you call them the originators of thrash metal? I would call them... It's the big four, right? I would say Slayers are the godfathers of thrash metal. And really they birthed death metal too. Death metal, which is now having its own little Scandinavian... That's black metal. Black metal. Oh, black, dark metal and different. black metal. Death metal and Please black metal. Respectful. Are pretty different. Fairly different. Death metal and um, black. What is the difference? Please tell me. Uh, well, so, black metal tends to be much more orchestral. The singing style is different. Okay. Um, it has oftentimes has synthesizers in it. A lot of times the guys wear face paint, which is called corpse paint. Okay. Death metal is much, has the cookie monster singing. <laughs> that. Okay. Cannibal Corpse being sort of like the proto-death metal band. The drumming okay. is much more mechanical. Um, is thrash metal characterized by speed? Typically? Thrash metal is characterized by speed. When people use the term thrash, thrash metal tends to have a groove. Okay. In fact, um, 
one of the things I think plays into Slayer's favor is that Dave Lombardo is considered the best metal drummer ever. Mm -hmm. He really, he's like, Dave Lombardo is a swinging thrash drummer. Like he's like a Art Blakey, basically. Okay. Or a, he really is. He's the Buddy Rich. He of... invent, he's the Buddy Rich. Yeah. And he invented the way that the double kick drum was played like that, or he mastered it anyway. Because he, he would do two bass drums. Two bass drums. As opposed Whoa, to having yeah, yeah. two pedals on the right. One or... pedal on two. Yeah. A double pedal, pedal on a single bass drum. Right. Two, um, okay. But his drum breaks are something he's really famous for, the drum breaks in uh, War Ensemble and Angel of Death. And that's the template for everything that followed. In thrash, every death metal song and thrash metal song begins dent, 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 double kick, and that's uh, Slayer invented that. Mm-hmm. Now they, were, they did that first and best. I'm curious. We're just like getting into these like subgenres of metal. I think it's very interesting. I also do think it can be. It sounds kind of. Um, like it's stifling in a way where it's like we are thrash metal so this is how we do it if we did it differently we would be a different type of metal like does it and slayer did make one record later in their career where they use drop tunings and they sort of made like a new metal new metal yeah Yeah, and it's and people People fucking hated it well yeah people People hate hate new metal and they should um Um, it's not a new metal (laughs) record but they like borrowed a little bit from it yeah um and people hated it but other than that slayer have happily done the same thing over and over and over and over again. And they, I think they would tell you, we don't feel stifled by it. We're happy we have parameters. They created the parameters. Sure. Well, we, you mentioned a few songs. Let's talk about the next category, which is not one uh, in their favor because of the kind of s- single release uh, aversion that we mentioned earlier. But I guess if there's an iconic Slayer song, it would be Angel of Death. And then also Raining Blood is, like we said before, where they have actual blood raining when they play this one. You're scared? I'm afraid. I don't think that I would feel... The word I would not safe. feel safe at a <laughs> right. Slayer show. I would feel I would feel scared. I would feel that I I might be in danger that someone could do me bodily harm. Like I really somebody do, could do you bodily harm. Yeah, and would happily do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like a place that you go to do others bodily harm. Yeah, to they're really, fairly Slayer shows are visceral. Yeah, that's the way I would describe it. Do and, people mosh? Oh yeah. Although Slayer's like they're crowd. The audience is a lot of the people are older now. But yeah, yeah. the pits. I saw them at Clash of the Titans once, which was Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. I think Alice in Chains opened. Mm-hmm. And the pit for Slayer was on the lawn of an amphitheater with like 10,000 people in it. Oh, my God. Um, you know Carrie King's guitar playing because you listen to the Beastie Boys. Yeah. That's him on Fight for Your Right. Interesting too to hear uh, 
there like in raining blood <laughs> love to really just <laughs> so um <laughs> In I'm the like seminal work, in Ray, raining blood. Yeah, I'm like, have you ever heard Terry Gross's Jay Z interview? It's very funny. No, I have. Not. For her to have to be like, she's, so she literally pimping. is like, so the wordplay in 99 Problems, so the bitch <laughs> you're referring to, is the is a police dog. I mean, like literally, she's yeah. talking about that. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> um, someone once said my personality is Terry Gross's interview of Jay Z. <laughs> Wow, that's Which a, is a junk. diss. That's a fucking diss, uh, and it's not wrong. E. Um, but uh, but in Raining Blood, like there is that moment where it's like melodic guitars. It's like so there's that break, the drums, like like you know, there's a break, and then the guitars come, and then they double the guitars, and then it like goes wild. Right, again. and there's like there are two sections of groove in that where you understand like, oh, Dave Lombardo is a once in a lifetime drummer. No one else like, um, I one time remember when Metallica made their record with the symphony. Yeah. The SF Symphony. Do you remember okay, that? Kind of. I was like the point journalist for that. Uh-huh. So I interviewed like all the conductors and everyone they were doing it. And Michael Kamen was the conductor of the SF Symphony at the time. And he told me that he had fed like 11 minutes of Lars Ulrich's drum tracks into a computer and they like lock quantized perfectly, which is shitty because that means you're playing like a machine. Mm-hmm. And great drummers don't do that. Great drummers are always a half a step behind. Always. What? Always. Like if you ever listen to to Back in Black, Phil Rudd is not playing on the one. He's playing on the like 1.2. It's almost like that's where the pocket is. That's what the pocket is. Mm -hmm. That's why Dave Lombardo is the best. That's why he makes Lars Ulrich seem like a piece of shit. And every other, (laughs) because he's playing swing death metal. And that's that's why that song is so incredible. That is such an interesting. Nobody like, argues that Dave Lombardo is the best. This is it's like just known. It's this is fact. just known. He's the best. Interesting. I guess to me too. I don't. I don't find a lot of ple- like. I found pleasure listening to the parts where it was more <laughs> melodic and less like. Um, uh, like thrash, you right. know, and that that is when I I I don't find a lot of like satisfaction. But there's other Slayer like, songs that are much slower, mid tempo that are do, ha- and heavier. They, they sing words, yeah. Oh, they were saying, yeah, words. They were saying they, yeah, they say words when the lyrics um, start. Yeah. They're it's really hard to tell yeah. words for a lot of them. I yeah. think um, if you had to, so like I like we we're saying, there's really not for someone who's not seeking out Slayer. There's not a ton of recognizability with their songs. They're not very little. No, almost no radio play. Zero. Uh, what though would you say, as a Slayer fan, are maybe like the two or however many other songs that are iconic within their besides work? the two we just listened? Yeah, to? besides so um, there's Rain and Blood, there's Angel of Death, and I, I would say Seasons in the Abyss. Almost there. It's really Slayer's version of one. Oh, it's really Slayer's like sort of opus. They okay. filmed the video at the pyramids in Egypt. Um, All right, and, freaking epic, dude. And it's a yeah. great song. Hey, fucking Slayer. Yeah, fucking Slayer. And I would say the other one is probably Dead Skin Mask. Empty eyes enslave the creation of faces in life. is a song about Ed Gein. <laughs> and about what? About Ed, Ed Gein, who was oh, a famous right, serial killer. Sure. And it of begins with Tommy saying, 
Let me tell you a little story about a man named Ed. He used to sleep and dance with the dead. He says that at every show he has forever. And people fucking people freak go out. fucking nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and also the song South of Heaven. If I was and to do name they five. go? Do they go? But to be clear, we don't think this is cool. What? No, they <laughs> do not clear, do that because when be you're clear, 17 years old, you do not want to hear anyone say that. Hey, to be clear, it's not cool to be don't a killer. Don't make people don't into be, bone furniture. Don't be a serial don't killer or a Nazi, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, FYI, you know, we don't think heads it. Up. Right. Uh, next category is commercial success. Uh, a lot of their albums have gone uh, to the uh, gold measurement. Do they have a platinum record? You know, they... They must, right? So what I was able to find, and I don't know what this... This doesn't make a ton of sense to me on... Uh, RIA? On Wikipedia, which is that they did something... They have a video album that went two times platinum, which I don't really know what that means, but it's the Big Four Live from Sofia, Bulgaria. Oh, yeah, that was Metallica, huge. Megadeth, and, and Anthrax. Anthrax. Oh, yeah, I that remember huge. that. That was huge. And that went two times platinum. Right. I Angel think, of... And, and Rain and Blood is not I think platinum? Rain and Blood may be outside of, like internationally maybe went platinum right. but within the u.s i think it's just bubbling under but i would guess gold. between um rain and blood south of heaven seasons in the abyss and divine intervention there's a couple million sold in there yes absolutely yeah. those all went gold uh and, and that, repentless maybe went gold as well i mean in, yes in poland <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, golden in Poland, platinum in Poland. But that's uh, that kind of ties into longevity, though. Their their kind of imperial phase is from eighty six, eighty four, eighty five. From yeah. it starts with Halloweights. Yeah, sure. Which yeah, which is eighty five, and then taking it through. Maybe divine intervention is ninety four. Taking it through there. Yeah, uh, which is not not too bad, you know. And they're about to play their last show. But a they're decade still out and there. to their credit. Um, they have continued to put out albums and even after Jeff died, they right. continued to put they, out records. So, yeah. Now was he um like what was his, how much of the creative a lot of huge. Like, huge. Is Jeff Hanneman? Jeff Hanneman. He was in fact I was shocked that they, they decided to continue. And he yeah. was the guitarist. He was one of two guitar players, but he was okay. like a primary essential. songwriter. Uh, <clears throat> the primary songwriter on every iconic with Carrie okay. on every iconic Slayer song. Uh, but yeah, and then he died. He had some weird shit happen to him. He had a flesh-eating bacteria that like was... Oh, fucking Slayer, dude. Fuck, that is <laughs> That's so not how he died. No, but like leading up to his death because it was a He had necrotizing liver. fasciitis. Right. And it was a joke that like the most metal way you can yeah. die is by getting a flesh-eating bacteria. I think he got it in a hot tub. Oh and that was the God. joke. And everyone was like, Jeff Hanneman died of flesh-eating bacteria. And then a month later, they were like, oh, the autopsy report and came out. He had cirrhosis, <laughs> and he yeah, died of alcoholism. Right. It was just, a, yeah. so it was just like regular alcoholism. his stomach for calm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very unmetal way to die. <laughs> that's like so just we, all the urban legends. Um, but they're, I, I know what their imperial phase is, sure. Um, but I think we, we were talking about this offline. What band with no singles ever on the radio, can sell out the Los Angeles Forum for two nights. The only band I can think of is Fish. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Fish. Think of a band. Slayer, at any time in their career, could announce a show anywhere and sell it out. 
I will also be honest, though. I don't think Fish should be in the Rock Hall either. Fish is getting in the Rock Hall. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Fish? No, I don't think so. I don't think they'll I mean, get it, in it, it because connects... of that. Oh, That's Fish what is I getting mean. in the Rock Hall. I don't know. Whoa! I, I'm of... sure there were. The, I also have, I dated a metalhead. I dated a fish head, honey. I we I could do a fish uh, episode. Wait, why isn't Why isn't Fish getting in? I don't think Fish uh, ha- like if you go through the categories like no critical acclaim, yeah. no classic albums, almost no recognizable songs. I, I mean, commercial success, I guess, but it's in the live setting. Sure, longevity. I don't know that they were that innovative. Uh, innovative. I don't know Whoa. if they were that influential. Okay. I think oh, they're, they're they the, were influential. They're, they're at influential. the end of the. I think they're at the end of the line from Grateful Dead. I don't think they invented anything. I know that like I don't they've know. also had a critical renaissance where it has become what? acceptable to like. In the same way that the Grateful Dead had a critical renaissance, it I, became acceptable to look back and go, "Hell, oh, actually, there's some amazing songs here," and I think that's happening now with Fish. With Fish, I just think it'll take a long time. Yeah, if it happens. I truly can't imagine uh, it. And I think if you if you have, and I'm not a hater, I do like Fish. If you have no songs, and you have no songs that anybody knows, you better have invented something. Which I think, if we're talking about Slayer, they did. They did. Uh, they invented thrash, thrash, death and death metal, but. To be fair, no one has been more maligned ever than Kiss. The critical darling aspect of it is sort of being disregarded. Kiss is in the Rock Hall. Yeah, it's just the one most of the universally loathed yeah. band in rock history. Kiss has two definitively classic albums. They have a bunch of songs people know. They're you know they do. They have a leg up in that category. But in terms Uh-oh, of anyway, with the clapback over here, fucking, he's I coming back. I hate numbers? Kiss. I hate Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Kiss. I. I anti-stan for Kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would he that? nats? You Laurel. It's stand backwards. Oh, he yes, nats. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> oh gosh! Oh. oh. Or maybe maybe would be it'd be Ollie. You Ollie. <laughs> anyway, um, innovation influence. I think Slayer does. This is their best category. For this sure. is where they max it out uh, because of the, kind of the things we've already kind of talked about. Uh, but you will not be able to find a metal band that came after them that was not influenced by Slayer. Also- Zero. Zero. And of those, so who's so the only metal band Sabbath is in? Metallica. Metallica. Who else? In terms of metal? No one. That's it. Motorhead is not in? Yeah, correct. That's it. So I think uh, the other thing is... I mean, we'll, we'll get Has to Megadeth this. been on the ballot? No. Has Anthrax? Anthrax Judas will never Priest, be on the ballot. Judas Priest has been on the ballot. And Maiden has never been on the ballot. Maiden has not been on the ballot. And I believe there is a. But Def Leppard is in. Def Leppard is in. Has Molly Crew been on the ballot? No. Really? It might. I mean, they could come for them. They're leading the kiosk at the museum this year. They should be in the hall of fame. It could come. Probably. They should be in the hall. I don't think they're a priority, but probably. Yeah. Hair metal, man. But that's, think, that's, hair metal is going to be more oh, represented than heavy metal. Yeah, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses in. They kind of like bridge though. These are yeah. like bridge, like heavy to hair. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like are, are we going to say Bon Jovi next? No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that uh, there is going to be an order to these things, which is that like Ju- until Judas gets in, there's going to be no one else from the genre. Is my prediction. And you think Judas goes before Maiden? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be Judas, and then it's either going to be Maiden or Motorhead, and then you need those before you even but touch But here's thrash. the question. <clears throat> Does Nine Inch Nails get in before all of them? Probably. Yeah, they probably they do. Probably Motorhead do. is going to be a challenge, I think, to get in. I think a lot of people see Motorhead, Motorhead. as kind of a one-hit wonder. 
<laughs> like, I, I think also I'm fucking awesome. I think part of the problem they're not going to be super keen on putting Motorhead in with but Lemmy dead being alive. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be no uh, rush on do that. You, do you is one of your categories in some way do you is cultural saturation part of it? It's That's the final kind of category. the last category which is does my mom know who they are? Okay. Because so, that kind those are related where it's like is has it saturated the culture enough to reach my mom? Can your mom read bathroom graffiti? So, I guess is the question on this one. Here are a couple of things to consider. Did either of you watch Californication? No. Okay. That character, um David Duchovny, all of his uh-huh. books that he wrote were all named after Slayer. Okay. Albums. Mm-hmm. Um I think the the uh, I Iconog- the iconism? Icon- yeah, yeah. I- iconography. The iconography. iconography of them. Yes, um, just like the, the logo alone. Just the logo. I the... think that helps them a lot. Um, the Smithsonian recently did an exhibit on Slayer. Okay. No, which they I think did it, They did, which I think is sort of Wait, proof of cultural saturation. Me, was it like in the context of It was of like, like the origins of Thrash, the story of Slayer Excuse in the Smithsonian. Excuse me? Um, wow. I think the Rick Rubin Association helps them a lot. Yeah. I think the Beastie Boys Association. Oh, I thought I thought I was like the Rick Rubin Association like gives them money. Like, <laughs> the Rick Rubin Tom, Association. I know you're falling on hard times. They, they got a, Rick. a grant from the Rick Rubin Association. Um, the Beasties thing helps, right? Yeah, for sure. Playing yeah. on Fight for Le- Your Right. Legitimizes them. Till Brooklyn. That's Carrie mm-hmm. King's solo. That helps, yeah. right? Um, I can't think of any other cultural saturation things. Well, I, I mean, the like thing this? I bring up all the time is, do they have a shirt at Urban Outfitters? My God, do they? I mean, I do they, not know the answer. I mean, to they that. certainly have shirts at Hot Topic. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like Spencer's. Urban Outfitters, uh, Hot Topic. Like, do like I? I think they that, are merched the fuck out. Yeah, super hard. Exactly. You that's search what I Slayer mean. on Google, the first image is like a mesh fucking tank top for ladies. Yeah, dude. It it's like it, it's like merch comes up first before anything. Merch right. first. Um I asked my mom today if she knew who Slayer was and she was like that sounds familiar, which is pretty good given what what this band is. Right. Uh but she she was not like confident. My mom definitely knows that Slayer is a band. She right. probably also because my stepdad, very metal guy, we would listen to like Jackal. <laughs> Oh, with a Y? Wow. Yeah. I believe the guitar player in Jackal played his guitar with a drill. Yes. Oh, sure. That is yes. one of the big things. So, that was like, his contribution. So yeah, I think there might the even be like Slayer CDs in my home, in my childhood well, home. That's, but that's like, so I, yeah, I think my mom knows saturation. who Slayer is. My mother would is. not be fair to ask. My mother could tell you who like Bob Mould is. Okay. <laughs> not because she's cool, but because she had a son who just constantly, that's all he ever talked yeah. about. So she'd be like, yeah, the placements there, like Tim is probably their best record. Like, my son never shut up about it. So uh, she's a bad litmus. I think it's time for our verdict, guys. We've gone through all the categories? We Shit, have. I feel like they did really badly. I don't know. I mean, like, they maxed out one of them. Should they... They maxed out one of five will, categories. Should You're they, running. will they, and when? Kristen, we're going to start Can with I ask you one question yeah, first? Absolutely. Where does the hall stand on a musician who has made a singular, accepted, genre-changing masterpiece? Is Nas getting into the rock hall? This is a question we were asking recently. Lauren Hill? This, these are right, questions yeah. that we... These are the ones that, I wrote that, down. That we've so, been like, the, for example, the Sex Pistols are in. Right. That's an example of one where it's one just album. one album yeah. and it's extremely important to a genre. And you don't hear it on the radio, but that's... Oh, you hear it on the radio. It gets some radio play. But like, really, I wouldn't say a lot. Right. I you hear holidays and the songs. And I don't know. It depends on what, what you're right, listening to. Right. Uh, that's one that I can think of. You could... 
you could maybe make an argument for the Zombies Odyssey and Oracle because it's all just one album. But I don't know what. Do they, they have another album? They had one before, but it was a lot of covers. Illmatic. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, so I Illmatic think... is like a very important album. And like I think that Nas could get in on the strength of Illmatic, but you could make you an know. argument that Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five only yeah. have one song, you know, the message. Right, like, it's I, not a tough I, argument. I mean, there's also a lot going on there where you could claim that Grandmaster Flash created and looping, also, and you know, and so also that's... the message is a really long song. Yeah, <laughs> so and there are other it things for but three like, if you're doing '60s style. I would Singles. say that an NWA really are just straight out of Compton. Lauren Hill, and like, well, we talked about this on the. Uh, she's another name that gets batted around as far as like someone who has like got one innovative album. But if the, they choose to do Fuji's, I don't see them doing. She both. won't get in twice. I don't see that happening, or it, be, it would just be spaced out. I don't. Know. I could see Wyclef getting in and her getting in. No way. No. No way. Wyclef is like in. no. He'll never get Come in. Come on. No, he's, he's, he is truly nothing. My bloody Valentine will never be in the Rock Hall, right? I, I doubt don't it. Think so. Because yeah. they have that the, Loveless the one, is a record yeah. that I think everyone points to as iconic, but it's no chance. Right? But, and also, so. it's like shoegaze, kind of like. Uh, Shoegaze is going to have a tough road. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be tough for I don't, ride I don't to get in the Rock Hall. Kristen, give me your verdict. Okay. Gosh, I don't like. Look, guys. Should uh, they? Should they? I don't know. Looking at the categories, they're scoring 20%. You know, it's hard for me I to I don't be... know why you think there's five categories. <laughs> are there, how many are We've there? So Six? Many times. There's 12? There's four? Um, there's seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was going to let it slide, but you really you started throwing percentages in there, and I had to correct you. Yeah. I mean, who's counting? <laughs> oh they're also literally in front of you. Look at your precious piece of paper. Right. Oh my god! Give us a verdict, Kristen. You freak. We've been doing this. It's too bad you, none of you could be here in person to see the occasional frustration with which Joe swabs his own brow. This bucket's for a year. Plus, yeah. Good lord. Oh my goodness. Okay, I am. Kristen so sorry. is much less regimented about it, which I would probably attribute. It's almost like she has like a more European disposition uh, in it, like someone who had spent time yeah. in Europe. Me, sort of has honestly, more, I have you I been? Have you spent any time in Europe? How dare you, Greg? Honestly, I've been abroad. Greg knows what he's doing. Greg knows 100 percent what he's doing. He's now my shit list. You're both. You're both on a list now. But on the list, Joe loves his little list. Oh wow! Give me your verdict. <laughs> the nicest thing you could ever say to me, Joe, is that I made a list. Oh yes, that's of what you yours. think. I'm not proud Th- of how some, I... there's some lists you don't see. I'm not proud um, of how I segued into the European right. thing, but I had to bring it up. Listen so. up, guys. <laughs> I'm they? so sorry. I don't think that Slayer should be. It's hard for me to say. I love our guests, you know. And whenever <laughs> someone makes an impassioned case, it is just hard for you me to say. To do it. You hate to see you it. Hate to see it. But gotta be honest. You say no, and you're gonna say they won't. I don't think that they will because I just don't. Um, I think that the the metal speaking that there are only two true metal bands in the hall right now i think they're gonna have to go through so much other shit in order to get to a slayer and then the people will have to fight so hard you know what i mean to Mm -hmm. even just like get people to know what the fuck the songs are and things like that okay they could do it for name recognition but yeah i just don't think it's gonna happen that's my thoughts informed greg what do you got um Am I supposed to say? Do you I obviously think, think they should. They? I believe they should get in. Yes, obviously. and I believe I actually believe they will get in. Ooh. Um, and I'll tell you why. There's two reasons. One is I think 
they're starting to have like a critical revision moment. Mm -hmm. People are starting to look back and go, oh, we shouldn't have just said those Satan guys. Let's look at this music critically. That's starting to happen. The other one is that, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, isn't there a public vote now? Well, in the sense that, so there are kiosks at the museum that really we're not sure what they mean. Because last year, the top two vote-getters were Stevie Nicks and Def Leppard, and they showed up on the ballot for the first time. So maybe it means something, but also this year, Motley Crue's at the top spot. So if they show up on the ballot, kind of out of nowhere, then it, we can point to the kiosks meaning something. You can't vote online? When the nominees well, come the out, nominees come out. There is an, you can vote uh, for the ballot. You can pick your top five uh, once a day for a few months. And then that becomes one ballot out of 1,000. But that Slayer is going to have a leg up there. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, oh, so. yeah. They're, they're going to have a the leg up there. They're on the ballot. Fan base, yes. The, yeah. Um, to- and traditionally, the band that is number one in the fan vote online gets in. Um, and it's coincidence, but who knows? Does Slayer have advocates in the room? Dave Grohl. Besides Dave Grohl. I, I don't know Tom Morello's I, I couldn't Tom Morello for oh, sure yeah probably yeah. Tom Morello um, outside of that based on just my Metallica, assumption of his I'll have a vote now oh sure if we're talking about so that that was just nominating committee the nominating oh committee. just the nominating which committee which is good I mean that could get them on the ballot but I have a feeling they have other priorities uh, before they get to Slayer but who knows um, and then in terms of yeah people voting I mean Metallica and then there are people out there are, I think people who know their music which a lot of those people vote would consider Slayer. Given, Rick Rubin given has no authority and he's no, not associated with the hall in any way. No, I wouldn't be shocked if he had a ballot, though. Because um, he's, he's shown up to ceremonies and does stuff. Does the end of Slayer help or hurt them? It would help. It, them ending now would help in terms of publicity for them getting on a ballot. But I just think we're not at a point where they're going to be seriously considered. Like, if they ended maybe in 10 years, maybe it could be a thing. Right. Sarah, I mean... If there was some sort of documentary about the, <laughs> I'm always proposing or, or a documentary. Or even just like we'll see what what happens with Motley Crue because if Dirt ends up being something that really helps them, mm-hmm. any type of movie. Well, that's what I mean, like a movie about kind of like the yeah. the court case, for example. Whether it's or a documentary like or not, yeah, right. Um, so I I actually believe that at some point they will get in. I think a handful of bands have to go before them, but I think. They're too pervasive and too saturated to be ignored. Yeah. All right. The other thing is they are without a doubt rock and roll, which I yeah, think helps them uh, in some ways. Because we've been talking about when we get to, we're going to get to ballots reasonably soon where it's questionable the genre of the people in the ballot. And then if Slayer's on there, the, the rock purists will be like, well, at the very least, that's a fucking rock. Right, bunch. like DJ Shadow. Does he get into the rock hall? <laughs> I, I doubt it. Oh my it. gosh, I wonder. But I mean, who... who Somebody, was, you could make a real case for DJ Shadow you, you, being you sure in the rock could. hall. Absolutely. Uh, he became eligible last year, I believe. Um, I just want you guys to know, I did 100 divided by 7 on my calculator on my phone, and they get uh, 14.3%. <laughs> okay, great. So, so they're at how the Carpenters do. Glad we know. Uh, <laughs> Way better, honey. Did they fuck Yeah, they did great. Um, here's the deal. I think that slayer should i think the influence is hard to dismiss um i think they will but like i said i think it's maybe going to take five years for judas and then another five years for iron maiden then maybe another five years for motorhead so we're looking at i think at least 15 years are you serious i do i just think of the bands and there's a long list of snubs and then you also have to consider the bands that are going to become eligible over that time i just think it's going to be 
unless they suddenly start inducting more bands per year, it's going to take some time to get to Slayer. Uh, we'll also just... What see- about Van Halen? Van Halen's in. Yeah. Van Halen is in? Yeah. And the Scorpions are never getting in, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. They yeah. would need some major so wins so would in, have to change. In your, in your mind, you. Judas knocks down the door? I think I, Judas has been on a ballot. I just That seems to me like what's going to open the door to whoever's next, whether it's Iron Maiden or Motorhead, then I think they are next, and then we'll make our way. And why does each one of those things take five years? Uh, that's just my guess. Okay. That was the winds of change by the Scorpions. Yeah, the I didn't the... catch that. Uh, yeah, I was I like, listen. why are you whistling into Mike? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's say they get in, though. Yeah. Slayer gets in. Slayer's getting in. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk band members. I mean, there's obvious ones. Uh, Probably six people get in. So Carrie, uh, w- uh, Carrie Dave, Tom, Jim, Jeff. Jeff, okay. Jeff, who's deceased, and Dave, who is very effectively been ostracized from the band. They are not on speaking terms. In fact, every Slayer fan is holding their breath for one final performance with him right. at the forum. But they hate each other. I think it is acrimony. I think their current drummer gets in. Paul Bostoff. Because he was also with them during the 90s. Yeah. And that there's, a, there's, another, there's another couple of guys who filled in, but it's really Carrie, Jeff, Tom, Dave, Paul Bostoff gets in, and they probably insist on Gary Holt getting in as well. The, the guy who replaced Jeff? Yeah, who was in Exodus, who were like another right on the edge of the big four. I think that goes either way. I mean, they could Reeves Gabrelsum, but he like joined in 2012, right? right? but didn't the fucking Chili Peppers make Josh Klinghoffer yeah. get yeah. inducted? Right. Fucking yeah. Chili Peppers. It, yeah, it's so, such all, a bullshit baby, move. Who cares? I could see, yeah, I could see There's that going room. either way. There's enough room. It is not a finite amount of people can get in. Everyone well, can get in. <laughs> Did you ever see after the fucking Chili Peppers got inducted, they interviewed Anthony Kiedis and he was like, we're just getting started. We're not looking back. Like this is the band. The future of this band is still ongoing. I just wanted to fucking slap yeah. him. Anthony Kiedis is a terrible person. Is he? Terrible person. Yeah. Uh, who inducts him? <laughs> who inducts Slayer? Okay, here's my list. Great. Ooh, I love it. Just, this is my list. The bullet points, honey. I think Dave Grohl, although I'm not, I don't want Dave Grohl mm-hmm. to do it. That's one would, who just yeah. like, it's I just, an easy call. It's an easy call. Yeah. I just like don't, I don't, eh, I think um, my, one of my guess is, if not Dave Grohl, James Hetfield from Metallica. And one of the reasons I think that is he posted an Instagram video recently where he was rocking out to Angela Death. Okay. I, I don't even know if those guys are Why close friends. Why did you know that, Joe? Uh, Were you doing research yeah, for this? Research okay. And, yeah, it what about, you don't just follow No, I don't follow him. James, don't follow James Hetfield, on, James Hetfield Instagram. on Instagram? Okay. Um, Who else you got? St. Vincent? Big Slayer fan? Does the Hall care about her? Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, 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 she was played, played in the Nirvana. The, oh, yeah. She's in the Nirvana. Nirvana. She's a big Slayer fan. She um, is. Chuck D knows those guys fairly mm-hmm. well. So does Ad Rock. Okay. Um, and Ad Rock was on a label with them. They played on records together. Right. I don't um, think he has the cultural cachet anymore. He, Marilyn Manson has spoken a lot about listening to Slayer when he that was a kid. That would make sense. Now, here's the other question. When, no. Does, you don't think Marilyn Manson no. will get in? No. No, I don't think Marilyn Manson will get in. He's I don't think he deserves to get in. Um, Tori Amos, very big Slayer fan. She covered Angela Death, yeah, right? Horribly, but she is a Slayer fan. They didn't even recognize it when the Slayer um, heard it. Jason Momoa is like a celebrity That'd Slayer fan. He looks amazing. like he sh- he should be. He could be in looks in like Slayer. a Slayer and fan. I'd be so terrified to be in the pit with him. Are you kidding? Well, he's probably very kind. Freaking Aquaman? No way, dude. Um, you talking about Aquaman? Fucking Slayer. I think Slayer. Fred Armisen is really into Slayer. Is that true? Yeah, but I don't want Fred Armisen to yeah. induct him. And I think Jeff Ament is really into Slayer, but I don't want him to induct no, him. No, he's not big enough. I'd love to see a woman induct Slayer. That'd I be think St. Vincent, 
who I'm not like a huge fan of her music, but mm-hmm. I think if someone said here to induct Slayer is St. Vincent, Carrie King would hate it. Does, it. does the band get to weigh in? It's, uh, it's They have some input, but yeah. Wasn't there that whole thing with the, who did the Black Keys induct? The induct of Steve Miller. Steve Miller, right? And he hated them, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, but that was a stupid choice. Yeah, yeah. It, seemed like, it was very bad. Honestly, who else are you going to get? It was so bad all around, and then Steve Miller did that weird I don't speech know, fucking Nils Lofgren or someone, I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, so those, that's my list. Great, also, that's a good list. I, I guess I would like to see a woman induct them, and yet I think that it's almost like not, I don't want to say disingenuous, but I do believe that the majority, their fan base is predominantly male. Yes. They have a problem. I can have attended multiple shows. <laughs> As I someone who'd be afraid to go to a Slayer concert, just fearing for my like physical safety, you mm-hmm. know, that is because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Like it is uh, that I just wouldn't want to end up getting hit. Right. <laughs> Understood. I'm Understood. looking to not get hit. Yeah, Me? That's, that's my priority. Interesting. You know, and, and so I wonder if that was would... diminutive gentlemen. I think yeah. Joe and I have shared similar yeah. experiences. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. Uh, what songs do they play at the induction ceremony? I think Angel of Death and probably Rain and Rain Rain Blood. Blood. They play Angel of Death. How many do you album? get? Four. They play Angel of... Uh, they're going to try and play like Repentless or something. Something new. They'll play... Well, they're not going to have anything. They're, they've made their last record. They'll never make another record. Mm-hmm. So they'll play Angel of Death, Raining Blood, Seasons in the Abyss. Can they play a six-minute song? No. Probably not. <laughs> you know, I they, mean, I but maybe. So. You know, all of, they could play all of Rain and Blood. It's 28 minutes. It's the, they could so play funny. the whole uh, record. They were like, God, we're going to do it. Really? We're going to do an yeah. album. We're going to do 10 songs. And then they, they, it was less than half an hour. And they're like, all right. It's, it was on one side of a cassette, I believe, the right. original. I think they, um, put, they put it on the on other, the other side. side. Yeah. And then the on the other drive. side, it was just backwards. And it was a message to Satan. Um, they, there is a message to Satan at the beginning of Hello Waits. What is it? It's join us. Yo, Satan. Join oh. us. Join us. Um, they play Angel of Death, Raining Blood, Seasons in the Abyss, and Dead Skin Mask. All right. That's what they Dead play. skin mask. I'm yeah. just literally trying to imagine like fucking Cheryl Crow in the audience while dead skin mask fuck, is. But that's why fuck the rock hall. That's why because it'd be great. You should be in the audience as a going, what is this? Mm-hmm. That's what you should be doing. That that's what of, rock, that's kind of what rock music yeah. is. Yeah. It's like your parents are fucking Yeah, it's music it's nominating committee. That's it's why it the doesn't shit work. That scares your parents. It should be yeah. scary music. I yeah. agree. Uh if they get inducted, will you go? I mean, especially, I mean, it could be a that reunion. That would be like a reunion. It would definitely be a reunion. So for that alone, I bet a lot of Slayer fans would show up. Yeah. Uh, if Dave Lombardo was going to play with them. You would have to, right? Yeah, but also, like, they're getting old. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Araya had neck surgery. He can't headbang anymore. He had to. <laughs> oh, no. They had. He had oh. done so much damage to his head from neck from headbanging head to his neck that he can't do it anymore. So I'm actually of the mindset that, like, I don't want to see yeah. 75-year-old yeah, Slayer. I don't. Yeah. I'd uh, rather me, just have it's Tom like Araya they... with his giant beard step up to the podium and go, thank you so much. And then someone else. And then someone else plays. Yeah, yeah, I think another band would have to play. System I, of a Down. Especially if it's in 20 years, you know. Uh, Greg, well, thank you for uh, coming on here and thank standing Thank you for having Slayer. me. Uh, this was great. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, where can we find you online or anything coming God, out? I wish I had something I wanted to plug right now. I really don't. Um, I'm on Twitter... At Dong Attack. Hell yeah. Perfect. Fucking Slayer. <laughs> That's fucking Slayer if I ever heard it. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at RockHallPod. RockHallPod at gmail.com is our email. If you want Kristen to see it, you're going to have to say that somewhere. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. If you're leaving a review because of this episode, say... 
Dong attack. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I mean, I'm fine with that. Say dong attack. Fucking do it. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. And thank you to the Willings family, Cece and Scruff, the dogs included, for letting us record yeah. here. Uh, thanks again, Greg. I'm Joe Pozzala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares? How about the rock call? Fucking Slayer. Fucking Slayer. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.